Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Now, here's the host of WP Tonic, Jonathan Dinwood and John Locke. Welcome to WP Tonic, episode 210. Today, I've got the immense pleasure of having as a guest, Tim Smith. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Tim actually was the very first person to have me uh, on a podcast like ever, ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, for those who don't know you, Tim, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, I'm Tim Smith, and I am a designer and front-end developer that lives in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, on my free time, I write a site called The Bold Report, and I also um, make some YouTube videos on uh, tech reviews as well as some movie reviews. I do a little bit of everything. Still trying to find my my voice on YouTube, but um, yeah. It takes some time, but definitely. I think you're doing good. I actually have seen some of your videos. They're actually quite good. Oh, so, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, how did, how did you first get into uh, design? How'd that come about? It was, it was by accident. Um, I, I was, uh, I was taking college courses while I was in high school, um, because the high school that I went to, um, had a, you know, had some type of agreement with the local community college. Uh, at the time I was really interested in radio. Uh, that's what I was doing, um, on, you know, uh, there I was taking radio classes. I was, um, really enjoying that. But then I, I took a Photoshop class and things kind of changed for me. I, I really enjoyed Photoshop and we were using Photoshop for things that, you know, probably you shouldn't use it for. Um, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun and uh, it kind of spiraled from there. After I learned Photoshop, I, I was introduced to the, you know, the whole graphic communications department, um, which was all in the same building. So you could see a lot of the different things that they were doing there. Um, you know, they were they were printing presses. Uh, they had a four-color press. They had a one-color press. They had uh, a few laser presses as well. Um, so it kind of piqued my interest, and I, that's how I got into graphic design. Um, and from there, I, I, I tell, I've told this story before, but I, I, have, I took a lot of classes in design. I, I took an InDesign class. I took, um, I took an Illustrator class. Uh, and I quickly realized as the professor told us that we needed a portfolio and a lot of my classmates were doing PDF portfolios and I just felt like I could do something better. Um, and that's, that's how I got introduced to the web. So I started tinkering with the web to see how I could display my terrible looking work. <laughs> Excellent. And, you know, and, and what, what were your first jobs like uh, in the web? Were you just freelance or did you work for someone? I worked for someone, yes. Uh, I had my first design job when I was 15. And I was working at this small, 
like <laughs> uh, backyard of some dude's house. Um, and we were making ads for the local carpet company. Um, so what we had to do was grab uh, the pictures of different carpets and put them on the ad. Um, and we would smush text and the text was all, uh, you know, not proportional and it would look, it was terrible. It was really bad. Um, and, and again, we were using Photoshop for things that it really wasn't built for, uh, especially at the time, you know, Photoshop was, was Photoshop has gotten a lot better. It was really bad back then, um, for, you know, for layout and graphic design. So, um, we should have been using InDesign for that, for that type of stuff. But, um, I did that for a while. I, I think I was with him for about three months. Um, and then I, I, I found another job, uh, doing like production design, um, where basically I, I was in charge of grabbing a client's logo and plastering it, um, on top of a ton of different marketing materials. So, um, we would make tote bags and pens and t-shirts and caps and mugs and, you know, all of this stuff, uh, that some, some people buy, uh, and my job was just to make sure that the artwork looked good on there. I wasn't, you know, again, it was, it was production work. It wasn't design work necessarily, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Cool. And, uh, I also want to like introduce, uh, at this time, this is my co-host, uh, Jonathan Denwood. Oh, thanks folks. Um, I'm a little bit late. I've had some technical troubles with the internet, but we overcome them. No worries. Yeah, Hi, no Jonathan. worries. Uh, we were just talking with, but anyway, yeah, definitely. We were just talking with Tim here about his, his early start and, um, you know, in graphic design in the web. And I know since then that, that you've had, um, uh, and I've heard you uh, say, you know, and I know you have multiple disciplines, you know, design and UX, but you're also a very good, uh, talented front end developer. And you've done a lot of things in a short amount of time. Um, you know, and, and some of those things you've, you've worked in a Drupal shop. Uh, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you worked in uh, WordPress. You were part of a podcast network uh, a couple times. Um, you know, you, you've just got this uh, wide array of, of, of things you've done. You know, what, what are some of the things that you've learned working uh, both as a freelancer and uh, working in, in agencies? Um, I, I think one of, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in both working freelance and working at an agency has been that um, relations with people matter. And that's, that's been one of the, the biggest takeaways that I've had. Um, you know, I, again, I started my career pretty young. I was 15 years old. Um, and, uh, that is basically a child. Um, you don't, you relate to other people like a child. Um, you make decisions like a child. Uh, you treat other people like a child sometimes. Um, and, uh, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I regret that there are, um, really great opportunities that I was given because, um, people either saw that I was talented or, or that I worked hard. 
Um, but there were many opportunities that I uh, ruined because I was stupid <laughs> and I was young. Um, and, uh, you know, and again, um, it, it all comes down to people. Uh, it comes down to getting along with people. Again, it comes down to um, uh, not assuming the worst of people. Um, you know, that's happened to me a few times where uh, I've automatically thought, oh, well, this person, you know, is just being a jerk um, and, and have made stupid decisions based on that. Um, I think there have been times where I have been unduly offended uh, over something uh, and, you know, that's ruined a perfectly great opportunity. Um, I had a really great job that I, that I really loved um, that, that I left because uh, I felt that I was being treated unfairly. And maybe that is the case, you know, maybe, maybe I, maybe I was subject to some ageism there. Um, but I wish I would have stayed anyway, you know, uh, because there's even, even in adversity, there are things to be learned. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's one of the biggest lessons or big takeaways that I, that I have. Cool. Definitely. And, you know, in a lot of our listeners, they're either, uh, small agencies or freelancers, or there are people who are using the web to make their living. That, that's really the core of our audience. And yeah. what advice would you give them when it comes to um, either working with other people or going out and, and, and um, either trying to find a job or, or finding work, those sorts of things? Man, that's <laughs> that's, yeah, a, no, that's, that's a, a multifaceted question. Yeah, I apologize. That's, yeah. That's a huge question. I, that's, yeah. that sounds like one of my questions. I know. Yeah. <laughs> off, man. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, so one of one of the the biggest things that I I would say to anyone who is um and to anyone who's uh, is making money on the web um, would be to remember that the web is not your life. Um, you know, this is, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if that's not the answer that you wanted, but, um, you know, I, I have fallen into the trap many times to, uh, give too much priority to what we do, um, to feel like somehow I'm saving lives or, you know, uh, helping, helping people. Um, and, and sometimes I give too much importance to what it is that, that I do, um, as a web designer, you know, yes, we can make an impact on the world, on, on the people around us, on, on society. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're not saving lives. Um, and, and that's, that's something I think to keep in mind because, um, uh, you know, when, when things aren't doing well, um, it can really bring us down. Uh, when things are going great, it could inflate our egos beyond, beyond what it should be. Um, and, and that's, that's been something important for me to remember, uh, through, throughout my, throughout my career. So, I mean, essentially what you're saying is, is keep a level head and don't get caught up in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I keep a level head. Because I, I mean, you know, you have you have great opportunities that are sometimes given to you uh, either because you worked hard um, and because of luck uh, <laughs> and because of you know right place at the right time. Um, you know, I think that's something to to always remember that uh, an opportunity being given to you doesn't always mean that you worked hard for it. 
uh, it doesn't mean that that's the only factor in you getting it. Um, I think a lot of people forget that uh, not only is it a combination of working hard, but it's a combination of working hard and luck and being in the right place. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's important not to overinflate accomplishments sometimes. Um, and, and just remember that, you know, we we're really privileged to work on the web, to make money from working on the web. Uh, that's, that's an amazing opportunity. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who have to work, uh, very, very difficult jobs, uh, jobs that tire their, um, their bodies and that wear out their bodies. Um, we don't, uh, you know, so that that's a huge privilege. No, and, and I've been on both sides of that fence. So I can, you know, speak to that and say this, that's definitely true. And I think a lot of people that, you know, have only ever worked behind a computer don't realize how blessed they are. And especially like you see it in today's shifting economy. Um, but I want to shift the conversation to something more positive for a second. Um, one thing that I've always admired about you is you've always been a maker. Um, you're always doing some sort of project. Uh, and when I first heard of you, you were doing your podcast, uh, The East Wing. Yeah. But prior to that, you had actually done podcasting for a few years. Um, but, you know, when it came to The East Wing, um, that was uh, nominated for... Uh, an award in .NET, and and it was uh, pretty successful for a while there. But what kind of experience did you have uh, on that podcast at that time uh, before everybody started doing podcasting? Uh, and and what it, what did you <laughs> learn from it? What things did you gain from it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. Um, you know, it's interesting to to. Uh, think that that was like the, still the ground floor of podcasting. It definitely didn't feel that way at the time. Um, there were a lot of different shows uh, that, that were all competing for, you know, a similar audience. I mean, back then I think there was, um, Dan was still doing his, his show called, uh, uh, what is that show called? Shoot. It was an interview show. Um, and, uh, there was still happy Monday with Justin Long, right. uh, Josh Long, sorry. And, um, and Sarah Parmenter, there were a few other shows that, you know, were kind of doing similar things, interviewing people. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. You know, the East Wing is one of the, one of my fondest memories just because uh, I had the opportunity to talk to a lot of different people, um, had the opportunity to meet very talented folks in, in our industry. Um, and that was a huge privilege for me. I, I didn't know anybody, uh, nobody knew me. Um, so the fact that people would come on my show was, was really awesome. Um, it was only, you know, it was only like a year or so, um, or maybe a year and a half after I'd, I'd started the show that I, I got nominated for, um, for an award. I was actually nominated for the .NET magazine award twice, uh, Hashtag humble brag. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was, it was really, it was really awesome. And I, I think, um, you know, one of, one of the, one of the lessons that I feel like I took away from that show was that uh, it, it really is as easy as reaching out to someone that you really want to talk to. Um, and the web community as, as a whole, for the most part is still one of the nicest communities. Um, 
and is very open about how we do things, um, is very open about the mistakes that we've made as well. Uh, and I've always appreciated that. I, I think even though there are a lot of difficulties in tech right now, um, I think for the most part, we, we try to be very open about those mistakes as well. Um, and I, I really appreciate that. And uh, I think it's led to some really nice conversations. Um, and, and for me, at least, it's, it's led to having, having friends and mentors that, you know, uh, maybe in any other industry, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to have. Because uh, usually people, people that are, you know, at, at the top, uh, don't really talk to people who are who are not at the top, right? Um, and I felt that in the web there are those people, and of course there are going to be people that, you know, uh, <laughs> are, are full of themselves. But uh, for the most part, they're really really nice people who uh, will share knowledge with you and share mistakes with you and share um, what they've learned, uh, how they've tried to 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 be better, and and that's definitely helped me in my career. Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, before we go to break, uh, to paraphrase KRS-One, uh, the web on a whole is not even 30 years old, and no one's <laughs> from the old school uh, because, you know, it's still a brand new tool. Yeah. Uh, well, we're I, feel, have, I feel old, John. Uh, <laughs> age is just a number. Uh, we're going to head to our break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking more with broadcaster, front-end developer, and designer, Tim Smith. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up-to-date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com, just like the podcast. We're coming back from our break, and we're talking more with Tim Smith. And, uh, you know, what, one of the other things that you're uh, involved in is the Bold Report. And uh, it how did you get the inspiration for that? And what has it been like maintaining that for the several years? Yeah. Um, so I, I've, I had always wanted to start a blog. Uh, and again, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of late to all these things. Like I was late to blogging. I was late to podcasting. I was late to creating YouTube videos. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to create a blog where I just talked about things that I enjoyed. Um, and didn't really have uh, an objective. Um, I think when I started, I wanted to be, you know, I want to be a full-time writer and, you know, do that. Um, but I think that quickly wore off. Uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted to do full-time. It was just something that I was, you know, casually interested in. Um, the Bold Report, the name uh, kind of, it was kind of a ripoff. Um, I was a big fan of the Colbert Report. <laughs> Um, or the Colbert Rapport. Uh, and I, I always, I loved, I loved how official, you know, the Colbert Rapport sounded. Um, and I wanted to do something similar uh, that was also kind of silly because the site was never going to be very official or formal or anything like that. Um, so that's why I chose the Bold Report. And 
Yeah, I started the Bold Report in 2013. So this September, it'll be four years that I've I've done that um, I've done that site, um, and I I've really really enjoyed it. It's been a great place. It's been a great home for a lot of my different writing. Uh, there are times where I feel very inspirational. There are times where I feel negative. Uh, there are times where I feel happy and there are times where I feel sad. You know, obviously I'm a human like everybody else that goes through all these different emotions. Um, and the Bold Report has been a really nice home to uh, put words to some of those feelings. Um, you know, there've been times of, of great discouragement uh, in my career and in my personal life. Um, and the Bold Report has been the home for those type of writings. Uh, it's, it's never been immensely popular. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's modestly popular, I would say in my eyes, you know, it's got, I think it's got like somewhere around 200 subscribers, uh, you know, RSS feed subscribers. Uh, so that's always nice to see, but, um, but I think more than anything, it's been therapeutic for me because, uh, it's where I write, you know, my yearly, uh, my yearly goals and my yearly, you know, wrap up, um, it's where I've written reviews of things that I like, uh, you know, like my desk and other things, um, apps that I use, uh, the Sonos speakers that I, that I absolutely love. It's been the home to uh, a series that I called a brief review of and then, you know, whatever it was. And uh, that's been really awesome, too, because I, I hate writing long reviews. <laughs> like, you know, writing, uh, you know, it seems like everybody wants to write 2,000 uh, word reviews for everything. Um, and I just don't feel like most things need that. You know, most people just want to know, do I like it? Do I not like it? What I like about it, what I don't like, and that's it. You know, uh, I feel like you can do that in a lot less than, a th than 2000 words. So, um, usually traditionally those brief reviews have been just a few paragraphs long. Um, and then, you know, uh, my, my grade, uh, if it's a movie, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been awesome. I love the Bold Report. Um, I, I don't ever plan to stop writing there. Uh, there have been times where I don't write as much as, um, as other times. You know, there have been times where I write every day, but I, I love doing, I love writing on there. Um, I, I'm glad I started it. Definitely. Sounds, um, like, it sounds like my school report with a wife. <laughs> two paragraphs. Obviously, highly, Jonathan is highly, obviously, highly intelligent, but lazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There we go. Yeah. The truth was, I was talking about yeah. 15 times the amount of working. Uh, rather than that, go on. Sorry, John. No, pass the mic. Do you uh, did, did definitely get involved? Um, I've just seen I've just seen a move for one liners, John. Okay, you know? cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will definitely. Uh, I want to ask you, Tim. This is something that I've seen you get involved with uh, the, the tri block, and I yeah, I've said like a bunch of times, why don't we have apprenticeships in web development? Every other trade mm -hmm. that you see out there, they have apprenticeships. They teach people, but tech is so weird because not only do you have to go and you know get all your equipment to get started it's fully on you to like learn the trade and then go get a job somewhere yeah right. um i've been really rude to you. you must read by mind john actually you've got he's got, he's got an uncanny way of reading my mind you know um i was been really thinking because you brought this up a couple of times haven't you john and just before we asked tim i just want to quickly put this to tim um john's really put this point a couple of times and I was thinking about it last night just coming into my mind and I think I think the the web community 
in a way has been blessed, but also cursed. It's been blessed by, there was, like you said, you started the age of 15. Yeah. And there's been a lot of young people, in, you know, being able to make either a side hustle through school and college, or they're, they're, they've done a side hustle, and then that's enabled them to progress in their skill level. Right. Until they've got, um, they've decided either they're going a different direction or they they make an application for a full-time job or they go totally freelance. Right. But, and then somebody tries them out and then they're given a job over. And that's really helped agencies not to have proper mentorship or proper apprenticeships because why bother there's always a pure a group of young developers coming up or people that um they've self-trained themselves but i can see that changing a little bit in the near in the next few years what do you think tim i mean i i would love to see that change um <laughs> you know yeah i mean most of the people that i worked with uh, when i was that young didn't really know that I was that young, uh, just because either I was being paid under the table, um, or, you know, other circumstances. So, you know, age was always a difficult thing for me to, to reveal when I was, when I was young, when I was really, really young, um, (laughs) because I'm still young, but, uh, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I would, I would love to see that change. I would love for there to be more mentorship. Uh, you know, Sparkbox is one of those, agencies that have really, really pioneered apprenticeships. Um, and I, I've, I've met Ben Callahan and he is one of, one of the nicest people um, that, that you'll find. And they've just done a great job with that. And, it, and you can tell that they care about that. Um, you know, there are always difficulties with hiring young people. Um, uh, you know, like, like I mentioned before, uh, when you're young, you're stupid. And, and to a certain degree, especially if this is one of your first jobs, you are a little bit entitled, you know. Um, I had worked at Subway before and Best Buy as well, uh, but I was still, I don't know, I still felt entitled to certain things. Um, and that's always the difficulty with, with young people that you can have, you can have some people that feel that they deserve to be here, right? Um, and, and that can make apprenticeships a, a little bit difficult. But uh, I think overall, the idea of having apprenticeships to teach young people how this industry works, how to work with clients, how to interface with, um, you know, with business people and, and their concerns uh, is very, very important. I, I'd love to point out, too, that apprenticeships don't even have to be just for young people. It could be right. for old, old people that's as true. well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah you're very I- right. You're totally spot on, John. I, I just think, I just wonder with all the page builders and the ability of graphic designers to, hey, if it's going to change at all. But I, I think that's the historic reason why. Uh, but on the other hand, I might be totally wrong because I just thinking in other industries, um, you've had a pension. It's more in Britain, really. You've had a decline in that. In America, it's actually um, in the actual trades because of the structure of regulation in this country. They've kept 
they're, they're still applying, aren't they? They're, there's still a structure of apprenticeship. But if you go to Britain, John, it's totally collapsed um, because um, what were formerly um, community colleges have totally disappeared in Britain, John. They've totally gone. Um, mm. So it's quite interesting how different countries and different environments in around training and apprenticeship and mentorship. Yeah, definitely. That's <laughs> something I want to circle back to. Uh, you know, Tim, your work with uh, TriBlock, what is that uh, for those who don't know what that is and, and what's your involvement with that program? Yeah, so Block is an online school that teaches a range of different things uh, all concerning the web. So we have a design track uh, and we have a back-end development track. Um, and uh, the design track goes into some of the fundamentals of front-end uh, developer, you know, being a front-end developer as well. Um, it's, I, I am a design mentor there. So I am uh, a mentor on the design track and I help students uh, go through the course. The course, like I said, goes into UX, UI, and front end. Um, and it's, it's been very rewarding. I, I really enjoy it. I, I've had a great time uh, helping students of all ages, uh, not, not just young, you know, young students, uh, like you said, John, um, learn our craft and try to um, you know, mentor them to become really great designers. Um, they, you know, the, these, these, these students um, all have this like curiosity about what the web is and, and how, how to properly design for it. Some have a background in design um, like fashion design or graphic design, or, you know, there, there, there's some, uh, architecture uh, as well uh, for some students, but uh, there are some that don't have any background in design whatsoever. Um, and that's always interesting too. It's, it's interesting to see how their work transforms as the course goes on. Um, yeah, it, it's been very rewarding. I, I, I love it. Um, one last question before we go to the bonus content. And uh, that is when it comes to design, uh, I can't remember who said this, but I, I, I read this recently and, and maybe somebody out there will attribute this quote properly, but um, it, was, it was a design person and they said, a lot of people want to be chefs, but they don't want to be line cooks first. Do you, <laughs> do you find that true? Like in design, a lot of it is just putting in the reps. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I wouldn't quite phrase it like that. The, the quote that I, that I always like is one of Ira Glass. Um, where he talks about the fact that people who uh, start something new or, you know, something in terms of creative work uh, quit when, uh, when it still isn't good, right? Because the work that they're creating doesn't match up with their expectations. Uh, their taste is really good, and that's why they can see that they suck, right? <laughs> but, yeah. but, they're, but they quit uh, before they can get better. Um, that I do see. Uh, and, and it's happened with me too. I mean, there have been times where I get frustrated that I can't do something and therefore I quit. Um, a lot of people, a lot of us have that same, uh, opinion of drawing, right? A lot of us say, oh, I can't draw. And it's really probably not true. The fact that we can tell that we can't draw says that we have the ability to develop that skill. 
right? Um, so, uh, yeah, I do see a lot of that where people quit early. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen that at Block much. Um, you know, all of the students really, really try hard that I've had so far um, and, and have put in the work and, and put in the effort really uh, to get good at this. Because, yeah, it does require that. It requires effort. It requires work. Uh, and that's not always easy to do, but it's, it's what is needed. And it requires work and effort over years of time, especially because the web is an ever-changing medium and we, we have to keep updated with it. And uh, unfortunately and fortunately, that means that the web is not just a job, right? For the most part, it's not something that you can just do nine to five and be done for the most part. Uh, because there's always something new to learn and that can be frustrating, but that, that, that comes with the job. So I agree with what you're saying. You have to keep putting time into personal development to keep up with the changes. Uh, I do. I am familiar with Ira Glass quote. We'll link that up in show notes. Uh, I've heard it before. I, I I totally agree with it. You, you first develop good taste in things and design is very much a thing like that. You have to have good taste in design before you can be a good designer. Yeah. Um, it, with that, we're going to end the regular portion of the show. Uh, we're going to have a few bonus cuts on YouTube with a little bit of bonus content. I want to remind everyone, if you're getting value from this show, give it a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think. Give us five stars, maybe. And uh, with that, Tim, how do we find you? And is there anything you want to promote? Yeah, so um, you can find my website, uh, ttimsmith.com. You can find me on Twitter as Smith Timmy Tim, and uh, the link in my Twitter bio is to my YouTube channel. And if you'd like, you know, if you'd like to see videos from me, uh, go ahead and subscribe. Very good, Jonathan. How do we get a hold of you? Anything you want to promote? Oh, it's really easy, folks. Get me on Twitter at Jonathan Denwood, or go to the WP Tonic Facebook page. Got all the videos and bonus content on that and um, leave some comment there. Or you can email me at jonathan at wp-tonic.com and I'll get back to you. They're the ways to get hold of me, John. How do we get hold of you and learn more about you, John? Well, you can find me at my website, which is lockdowndesign.com. You can follow me on Twitter at lockdown underscore. Just follow my Facebook page, Lockdown Design. Recently got 100 likes. Whoop, whoop. Raise the roof. <laughs> and... So with that, I want to say for the WP Tonic Posse in effect, peace out and get your dose. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.